Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. What do we do with emotions that are never expressed? Where do we keep them? When do we let them go? And what happens when we can't? It could be an unrequited crush on a colleague who just happens to be unavailable. A burning desire to perform on stage subdued by a crippling social anxiety. Maybe it's an uncontrollable craving for cheese, even though you're horribly lactose intolerant. Or... Maybe it's an event so large, so sudden, and so catastrophic, it's easier to shut out completely. This is how I felt after the Christchurch shooting. It's how many in my community still feel, and I think it's time we talked about it. I have now had the opportunity to be fully briefed with the details of the unprecedented events that took place in Christchurch this afternoon. I remember in my head thinking, you know, things are going to change. You know, this is this changes everything in a way. It is clear that this can now only be described as a terrorist attack. The Guest House. Episode 1. Denial. My name is Muhammad Hassan. I'm a Muslim New Zealander. In this five-part series, I'm going to try and unpack what it felt like for me and other people in my community after Christchurch, how difficult it was to make sense of something senseless, to try and answer a nagging question, do we belong in this country? To this day, it's hard for me to fully articulate all that I'm feeling. Is it anger, confusion, pain? Even now, as I'm remembering these events, I can feel my body tense up. It's an involuntary thing, but I know what it means. It's trauma. Or at least, how I react to it. But the thing is, I was never in a mosque in Christchurch when it happened. I wasn't seated cross-legged on the carpet next to my brothers and sisters, listening to our imam talk to us about Islam, about our rights to each other and to God, when the sudden and absolute clacking of gunfire shattered our reality forever. I wasn't there. In fact, I was asleep in bed, halfway across the world, in my Istanbul apartment. Hey, are you all right? I just heard the news. Are you okay, hey, man? Did you see what happened? Is, your family Is it true? Do you know anyone in the are your parents okay? Oh my God, I can't believe it. Why would oh anyone God. do this? Are your parents okay? Do they live in Christchurch? Do you need to talk? This is so sad. On March 15th, 2019, at 7 a.m. Istanbul time, I wake up to dozens of messages from friends all over the world. My first reaction was that there was another earthquake in Christchurch, a bad one. People often message me when there's an earthquake. In a daze, I flick through Twitter, 
then the news sites and WhatsApp groups, and eventually, I saw it. Witnesses told local media a man dressed in a camouflage outfit and carrying an automatic rifle started shooting people at random at the Al Noor Mosque in the city of Christchurch. Then there is another scene unfolding at the Linwood Mosque, which is a suburb. Police in New Zealand are urging people to stay off the streets and to avoid mosques in the coming hours. There has been a video posted, a live stream video. One man has been charged with murder. In this act of extreme violence. That Friday was such a dark Friday for me. Um, I remember exactly when it happened. I was um, That's Hassan Raslan. I've known him since we were eight. Meet up with His family his moved to New Zealand from Egypt actually. just two years before so, mine did. Um, it was after work, um, so we had already done our Friday prayers. So I just went home and I lied down on the couch and my mother was there and I just spent the rest of the day with them. Yeah. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. I felt absolutely sick. It just, it, it felt unreal, you know? Have you been to those mosques before? I have, several times. I've, I've spent quite a lot of time in Christchurch, actually. That mosque specifically, uh, Masjid al-Nur, is the one that I'd always go to for Friday prayers as well. Um, and uh, I knew a lot of people in Christchurch, some of which did go to the mosque and some of which I didn't meet through the mosque. Because the Muslim community, um, you know, relatively in New Zealand is quite small, everyone would have somehow been affected by this, every Muslim. Um, if you, you know, and, and even if you didn't know anyone personally, you would have known someone who knew someone personally. I didn't have any family at the two mosques that day, but I have friends who were there, friends who saw the shooter with their own eyes, friends who lost a little brother, a father, an uncle. One friend lost her father when she was overseas. For two days, I saw her posting on social media for information on his whereabouts. A community page on Facebook quickly turned into a notice board of missing faces. Whenever somebody was found alive, post appeared. Many posts were left unanswered. None of it felt real. It was a strange dream, a movie we were all watching. None of us knew what to say or do, so we distracted ourselves. We worked. Well, TRT World's digital producer, Mohammed Hassan, joins us now on set for more on the story. Uh, Mohammed, I know that you grew up in New Zealand. All of us as a community now are trying to figure out who was in there and who wasn't, uh, who happened to be at these Friday prayers. And let's remember these were Friday prayers. The most important day for Muslims, the most important prayer of the week for Muslims. Absolutely. And as a Muslim in New Zealand, obviously this is a work day. And a lot of us uh, take time out of our work schedule to go attend these Friday prayers. They're always heavily attended by people from the community. And for that to be targeted, this is uh, horrific. It's, it's something that is shaking all of us right now. Later that day, my station booked me a flight back to New Zealand, a red-eye leaving at midnight and arriving in Christchurch two days later. When I finally landed, I'd already missed so much. The vigils, the crying, it felt like I wasn't ready to deal with all of it. But what I found there was my community. In the days following the attack, hundreds of Muslims from around the country flew in to help, visiting families, providing food and shelter, but most importantly, helping with the mammoth task of burying 51 people. Hassan was one of them. You know, it, it really hit hard the very first day when um, there was just a, a number of them that were buried. I think it was about three or four of them, some in the morning and uh, one or two in the afternoon. And that day as well, I, I had come down with quite a uh, cold. 
I was quite sick. You got really sick. I got very sick. I got, you know, I spent, you know, the rest of that whole day sleeping, probably. Alhamdulillah, it was so much better that I got better on Friday. And I was able to do it on Friday. Um, Friday was incredibly hectic. Tell me about that day, because that was the day where all of the remaining victims were buried. And we're talking 40 people in the span of like three hours. Absolutely. It got to a point where it was just automatic, you know. Um, it was an autonomous thing where, you know, we, we, we shout the number of the coffin. Yep, we lead it to the right hole. Shout the next number, lead it to the right hole. Brother Muhammad Sheikh Almi and Brother Harun Mahmoud. Please, brothers, just as family, Jazakumullah khair. It was just, you know, these people who were people who had families, who had children, who had uh, parents, who had brothers and sisters, were just becoming numbers. They were just numbers leading to a numbered grave. But that's what had to happen in order for that t massive task to even... There was no way we could have done it any other way. So I, I vividly remember one of, the, one of our seniors um, in the community. He was the person who's in charge of the burials, actually. Uh, Mohassan, hmm. the Tunisian. And he, I would say, almost single-handedly buried each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. He told the families how, you know, to bury them in the Islamic way and what to say and the best, you know, sunnah, the practice of the Prophet ﷺ is and all that. You know, he was composed entirely for the three days, completely professional. And as soon as that last body went in, he just broke down. He went to the side and he broke down. He started crying? He absolutely broke down entirely. So did uh, Bilal and Wasi, everyone, we all did. So you guys held on all throughout those three days just to be able to get that task done. You had to park what happened aside to be able to do this task, which is a physical task, burying these people. You had to think about the logistics, you had to think about the planning. This is all physical, this is all part of the kind of physical realm of things, you know? And then once, as soon as it was over. Once that was done, then you can actually grasp the fact that you just buried you know 40 or so of your brothers and sisters into the ground one thing that struck me as odd during my week in Christchurch was a phrase everyone kept repeating. Thousands even put it on their social media profile photos. This is not us. I'll be honest, I didn't quite understand it. If this wasn't us, then who was it? Where had it come from? I remember in my head thinking, you know, things are gonna change. You know, this is, this changes everything in a way. Um, like what, 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 changes what exactly? Felt, uh, embarrassed to go out in public because I felt like people were going to be looking at us and thinking, oh, these poor Muslims, oh, these poor people, you know, I didn't want all this kind of sympathy. and You don't want to be pitied. I don't want it. That's exactly right. And I remember going to the mall to have that breakfast and thinking, is anyone going to come up and apologize for what happened? Or is anyone going to come up and say, yeah, you guys deserved it? 
Or is anyone going? You thought you thought people might might say that. I thought some people might actually at least try and aggravate the issue. Yes. Did you ever think that this kind of thing would happen in New Zealand? No. In New Zealand, I have seen my fair share of racism, but it never got to a stage where it's been. It's going to get violent. Like it's going to get violent. I can't remember a single conflict I've had with anyone where it didn't eventually turn racist. Like, like what? Can you think of any, any oh, incidents that happened? I was driving on the motorway and I was driving, I think I was quite close to someone who got quite aggravated and he, you know, drove on the side and he started screaming out the window and I asked him what, what's going on, you know, what? and he started eventually getting into the whole go back to your country. Um, he used much more explicit words. What, what did he say? Go back to your f***ing country, f***ing Arab, Allahu Akbar, um, f***ing Muslim, across th- throughout, out the window. Yeah. So, so it's given me the insight that, you know, oh, this person sees me differently, you know. Um, it's no longer just person A, you know, arguing with person B. It's person A arguing with this Arab or this Muslim. And you feel that that's the way they see you? Absolutely. How did that make you feel growing up? Initially, obviously, it bothered me. Um, made me feel like kind of I don't belong. But eventually, I didn't care as much because I didn't, you know, I don't have to try and prove anything. I don't have to try and go over the top or bend over backwards to try and make you feel comfortable with who I am. You know, you can think whatever you want to think. I'm here to stay. On my final day in Christchurch, I walked into a bakery to grab a scone and a coffee. On the table was a copy of the local paper, The Press. And on the front cover, against a simple black background, was the word, Salem. Peace. I don't know where this journey is going to take me. Whether I'll find an answer to quieten this sometimes overwhelming noise in my mind, this aching I feel in my soul, that sense of calm I still search for, a year after our sacred house of peace was devastated. In the Arabic tradition, we often search for poetry in times of anguish, something penned centuries ago that pins down precisely how we feel at any given point, or provides an ancient wisdom to guide us through an uncertain fog. So, there's this poem by Rumi that starts like this. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. And so, these are my guests. Welcome. Make yourselves at home. The guest house was made thanks to RNZ and Middle East Eye. It's produced and presented by me, Muhammad Hassan. My executive producer is Tim Watkin. My audio engineer is Jeremy Ansel. Thank you to Hassan Oslan for lending his voice to this episode. And thank you for listening. If it moved you, please subscribe, leave a comment, share it with a loved one. Salam. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.